Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. I remember going through my early 20s, and that was just a familiar feeling that I would have. Sometimes I would just be forgetful and had brain fog because I would stay up late a lot of nights throughout the week. And I get it. This life is limited. We want to get out and enjoy it to the fullest and have as much fun. But if you want to maximize and get the most out of your health and the function of what you're capable of doing, we really need to learn how to value sleep a little bit more. Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. The manhood Before we continue, we need your help. We'd like to reach more like-minded people just like you and share our knowledge on personal growth, health, and success. So can you do us a favor and in your podcast app, hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review and leave us an encouraging comment. Do it right now while you listen to this episode. That will help us know you're listening and that you care and that little action will help us reach more folks. Now back to our show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Manhood Experiment. Today, we're coming at you with the Manhood Experiment duo. We got T-Rex in the house and myself, J-Dragon, about to hit on a very fun topic. You know, so what we're talking about is how to win the day starting the night before. We get all these people talking about morning routines and doing ice baths and journaling and doing all these things. I want to challenge that. I think a lot of that actually starts the night before. We're going to talk about tactical science-based ways of how to improve the quality of your sleep based on whatever time that you actually have available. And I promise you, you can put these simple tools in place and this will improve the quality of your life by 20% or more. So this is going to be an exciting topic. We're going to drop some real good nuggets and evidence-based ideas of how you can improve some sleep issues that you may have right away, how to reinforce the importance of sleep for the energy the next day, the creativity that you have, how it affects your metabolism, hormones, and more. Before we get started, got to kick it over to my my boy T-Rex. What's good in the hood, baby? Yo, yo, I'm good. I love this topic because I'm a big morning routine guy. I get up, I work out, I get into routine, but lately I know that, and we've always talked about this, my sleep sometimes aren't that great or I get up and I'm still tired. And when I look back, usually it's not having a good night routine. So I'm excited to learn here and see what's up with this topic. And yeah, we'll take it away. Awesome. All right, guys, I guarantee we're going to deliver on this one. So we're going to talk about a few ideas here, making sleep sexy again. 
And however you want to take that, this has been something for years I've been able to associate the quality or lack thereof of my sleep and how it's going to affect my next day. And we don't want that to be a crutch like, oh, I didn't sleep good and now I'm going to blame the quality of my day on poor sleep. No, instead, we're going to come up with a plan of how to create insurance so that you can get the best quality sleep that you have and it won't be an excuse. And I want to reinforce it with how it affects our health. I want to talk about some really fun ideas about like jet lag and how many of us tend to be jet lagged every Monday. Mm. What do you mean, Jay Dragon? What does that mean? <laughs> well, get your popcorn out and I'm going to drop some, some bombs on you. So the idea of winning the night. We want to think that the day is won the night before as far as setting yourself up for success. When we think about a sleep regimen, we're protecting the asset. Our brain is arguably the most important thing in our body to be able to make decisions, creativity, to just be present in life as it is. And a lot of us are selling ourselves short just by leaving it to chance or just throwing all the sleep away to stay up for the latest episode of Succession or whatever new show that is currently entertaining for you. So think about this. I'm going to leave you with a quote here. Sleep is the new status symbol. Whether you think sleep is the new status symbol or peace of mind, maybe that is. In a world right now where there's so many different ways to accumulate wealth, at the end of the day, it's like, well, how happy are you? When, when we have a stress epidemic going on right now and there's chronic disease that's going crazy and we have people that are just too stressed out to do anything, sleep is a major factor for us getting proper rejuvenation and recovery. And you can have the best morning routine in the world, but if you wake up with brain fog because you didn't feel rested, you might wake up with inflammation, you're going to have a lack of willpower, your body literally could be breaking down if you're not given the opportunity to rest and recover. And this is valid even for those of you who are new parents or are traveling. We're going to talk about just how maximize your current situation. Uh, T, what do you think? You about to jump in? Yeah, I like the analogy of jet lag because I know when on an extreme case, jet lag is an extreme end where you don't have sleep, you're traveling, and then how you feel the next day, you're just like, you can't focus, you can't do normal tasks that you do. I do think every day when we do get lack sleep, we have a little bit of that little micro jet lag every day that we go into the day. And it's sometimes it's almost undetectable and we take it as a norm. It's only really noticeable if we have like extreme jet lag. We went for travel or something or we took the whole night, just woke up the whole night. But every day that we don't have that set, we have a little bit of that we take into the next morning. And I think that's a very intriguing. Yeah. And let's touch on it really quick. So the whole idea, I've heard this brought up on a regular basis, just the importance of having a sleep routine. But so jet lag, if we travel somewhere, like I travel from East Coast to West Coast all the time, and it is what it is. Like I feel jet lag because my body's used to the circadian rhythm of waking up at 6 a.m. every morning. So when I go from East Coast to West Coast and I go to bed when normal people do, maybe around like 9 or 10 o'clock, it really feels like it's 1 a.m. my time and that my brain and body wants to naturally wake up at 6 a.m. on my East Coast time, which ends up being like 3 a.m. And so it can just throw you out of a loop. Now, that's an extreme example of how it could alter your energy 
the next day. So this idea of Monday morning jet lag is what happens because Monday through Friday, we have a routine. We have a bedtime maybe where we go to bed around 10, 11, whatever it is for you. And then we wake up and then Friday and Saturday comes and we stay up a little bit later. We watch TV, we watch movies, we go out with friends, we're social, we have a drink. And now bedtime stretches out to maybe midnight, 1 a.m. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are in your mid-30s or 40s, I bet you can relate to the idea that it doesn't feel the same as when you were in your early 20s. Like You don't get away with it as much. And it doesn't mean that if you're in your early 20s, you have this like get-out-of-jail-free card. It's still affecting your hormones and your decisions. I think that I remember going through my early 20s, and that was just a familiar feeling that I would have. Sometimes I would just be forgetful, and I had brain fog because I would stay up late a lot of nights throughout the week. And that is something that you get to learn how to associate that. And I get it. This life is limited. We want to get out and enjoy it to the fullest and have as much fun. And I think there's room for that. But if you want to maximize and get the most out of your health and the function of what you're capable of doing, we really need to learn how to value sleep a little bit more. And so we're going to talk about that. We have to think about some of the boring stuff, but it's very real. You know, poor sleep has been linked to many health problems that include heart disease, hypertension, obesity, type 2 diabetes, reduced testosterone. Yeah, yeah. that's major. Mm-hmm. There's studies that I've referenced that they took a very large group of people and compared people getting six hours or less of sleep. As little as one time per week can drop your testosterone upwards of, I think it was 30 to 50%. You can Google that study that pops up, but you're basically walking around with a very low battery from your hormonal side of things. It's been shown to affect depression in people because you're not getting enough rest. Your brain isn't able to recycle and revive a lot of the basic functions and processes. It has to decide the priorities of what it's going to do. And I think we all know that feeling when we wake up and our eyes are kind of burning and they're, they're feeling tired. Like we can usually feel it within our body. And so I think after this brief podcast that we're going to talk about, you're going to be able to get a better grasp on it. And then so we talked about how sleep is essential for health. It's a big role for repairing and rejuvenating our bodies. And it helps us consolidate memories, process information. And without enough sleep, we can really, as I was saying, you become forgetful, become irritable, you become just less effective in life. And how it affects our behaviors is a lack of willpower, patience, and creativity. So let's just talk about willpower and discipline. If you're tired, if you didn't get efficient sleep, and I'm talking about, you know, six hours or more, maybe that magic number we'll say is seven to eight hours, you will not have as much willpower and discipline because your energy is not going to be as sufficient. And what that means is you're going to make poor decisions. And one of the poor decisions that creates a cycle is the decision of, instant gratification and your food decisions. This has been measured. There's a lot of studies that show that when you get insufficient sleep, you tend to crave foods that are going to give you energy, which tend to be hyper palatable, sugar rich, carby type of foods that get you on this cycle. And they make you feel really good right away. Your energy goes up and then it comes down and it crashes. And when it crashes, you want that energy stimulus again. So you're going to go for a coffee or something sugary. And that's a really, really common cycle that we need to learn how to break. And look, sleep, 
it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. And it's one of those things where I think there used to be, and I mean, this is very recent, it's like a masculinity thing, like, oh, sleep faster, you don't need as much. Well, a lot of these people that preach this are finding themselves more likely to be exposed to dementia or other cognitive related types of chronic diseases. And you could think of things like Alzheimer's, all these factors, you can reduce the likelihood of all these things when you're allowing your body to be able to recover. We have less inflammatory markers, inflammation in our body when we're able to get good quality sleep. So I also want to hit big here with another kind of fun quote, rest and recovery are not signs of weakness. And then this is what we're talking about the masculinity thing. They're signs of wisdom. You know, taking care of ourselves is essential for achieving long-term success. It's a smarter thing to do and we have to value it. And we're going to talk about some of the tactics, but when I say value it, that's something that I'm going to leave you with right there is if you value sleep, not just because it's comfortable, but because you're excited about what you're going to do the next day and you know that you'll be able to function better, you're more likely to prioritize your regimen to be able to get you ready for sleep to be able to get more out of it. So we talk about, and we've brought this up before, you need to recover as hard as you play, as hard as you train, as hard as you work. You know, you get a lot of people say work hard, play hard. Like I get it, but now, and you're seeing this in a trend, like you have all these new businesses opening up that are all just about recovery, resting and stretching. We have this stress epidemic where people are having heart disease, strokes at an earlier age. A lot of this is just from chronic stress. Our bodies over time were not used to the amount of stimulation that we have. And that requires us a point to be able to decompress and download all this information and really be fully recovered if we're going to be able to be present and just have optimized health. Jay, I love the point that you made here because you're directly correlating sleep with health. And I don't think that people get that enough, that your poor sleep, lack of sleep actually directly affects your health yep. in, in so many different levels. And I, I think people miss that. Oh, sleep, I could always make up for it. But then bad habit of poor sleep and lack of sleep. And then these things creep up on you. And you said something interesting as well to the masculinity. Arnold Schwarzenegger says, sleep faster. David Goggins, for a long time, he never believed in rest and recovery until it took a toll on his body. And we live in a culture of fast-paced productivity is maximizing, working a lot of hours and doing stuff. And if you sleep, if you have a regular sleep cycle, you're not working hard enough. And I've been in the personal development world and that cult here. And I think that's such a bad path to go down. And I just wanted to reiterate that. And something I would like for you to touch on as well, too, you talk about sleep. There's enough versus quality. So getting enough sleep is the baseline, seven to eight hours, but there's sleep quality as well. Because sometimes I sleep for eight hours and then my energy is lacking, you know, and that could be a number of factors. But I take it that you'll go into that a little bit. Yeah, I say that a lot. I just think from when we talk about the fundamentals, it is, it's sleep, it's nutrition, it's movement. And the fundamentals, yeah. if they're not in place, all of your magic potions and like supplements and great ideas just don't really add up to a whole lot. And I think there are more people talking about sleep, but I think I want to make this like really fun, practical and the kick in the butt as a reminder that I always talk about 
it's quality and quantity. And I think yeah. quality tends to be more important just because you laid down in bed and you were in bed for eight hours doesn't mean that you got the right amount of REM sleep, the rapid yeah. eye movement where you're actually able to get more of that recovery. There are a lot of tools, whether it's like an aura ring or a whoop band or other wearables that will be able to measure how much sleep you have. And I think that can also stress people out, but it certainly can give you some data. If you're waking up and you don't feel really clear headed in the morning, I think it's worth measuring your sleep and seeing what you can do to be able to improve it. I utilized my insurance and did a sleep apnea test because I knew that I would snore at times. And I, there's some days where I just didn't feel as consistent, even if I felt like I was getting a lot of sleep. So the point of all of this is do what you can to make sure that the quality is as good as possible. I can say when we had our newborn that there were a lot of times where like we knew we were only going to get sleep in little three-hour chunks. So I made sure that those were the best three-hour chunks that I possibly could get. And we would strategize how to make sure that we weren't going to just completely be wrecked. And there's a lot of things that are just out of your control in those different stages. But you can do a lot of things to put them in your control. According to the Sleep Foundation, yeah, there's a Sleep Foundation, 35% of people sleep less than seven hours a night. And there's a connection that a lot of people think that they get eight hours of sleep. But when you lay down in bed, we need to overestimate how much time we actually need to be in bed to get that quality of sleep. And here's an example. If you're an active person, like you're training, weight training three times or more per week, you probably need on the low end that seven hours of sleep. And if you're really trying to make improvements or you're challenging yourself, you need closer to eight hours of sleep. I think that's a comfortable thing that you could say. If you don't live a super stressful life, maybe you can get by on a little bit less. So those are some things to think about. You know, there's a really cool study published in the Journal of Sleep Research that showed that individuals who consistently sleep less than six hours per night had a significantly increased risk of developing metabolic syndrome. You know, and so a group of conditions that increase the risk of heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. And that's just from getting less than six hours of sleep. And I know there's a lot of people that get that much sleep on a regular basis. And you might say, well, well shoot, what do I do? The first thing you got to do is get interested in sleep and just know that I mean, I don't think that I have as much of a sleep problem and I've read three books on sleep. I've listened to numerous podcasts, done a lot of research just to be able to enhance the sleep that I have because I know that I recover better when I sleep. I have more energy. I'm a better person to be around. I'm more creative. I'm happier. But there's going to be times where you still need to be productive no matter how much sleep you actually do get. So I want to talk about how I've helped some people fix their sleep or making some suggestions how I have fixed my sleep. But I think we've made it clear that the lack of rest leads to all kinds of things from mood swings to inflammation. So let's think about that. Almost all chronic diseases, heart disease, the dementia that we talked about, Alzheimer's, cancers, all these things are related to inflammation in the body. And sleep is related because a lack of sleep contributes to chronic inflammation because our bodies produce more stress hormones, such as cortisol. So when we're not getting good quality rest, our body can create more cortisol. It triggers inflammation throughout the body if we're staying in that state for too long. And that's essentially creating dis-ease in the body. Think of the word disease. We are creating that by not prioritizing sleep. And so many people are chasing instant gratification and entertainment at nighttime or money or wealth and not resting and recovering. And what is that worth when your body starts to break down? 
I'm obviously very, very, very passionate about this. And when it comes to me working with athletes like I have in the purses in the past, you just have to say like, look, your paychecks are related to your production and what you're doing and the quality of your output and how long you can prolong your career. And your body isn't going to be able to heal itself if you're not giving it the opportunity to get good quality of sleep. So we know about the importance of it. You can look it up a little bit more. I don't want to scare people anymore, but maybe it is worth scaring some people. There are those people that get away with less sleep. It's very rare. So to assume you're that person is probably not a wise thing to do, but there are a very small percentage. We're talking about less than 5% of people that can do just fine on like five, six hours of sleep or less. But it's very rare. But even with that, if they did get optimal sleep, who knows, their productivity might actually be a lot better as well. Yep. Yeah. Hey, listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind-the-scenes moments. Now, back to the show. So, let's get into some actions, some tactics. First thing I want to say is, if you don't get enough quality sleep, unfortunately, it's hard to make up for sleep by sleeping extra. Your body and your brain don't like that as much. You got a lot of smart people in the world talking about your circadian rhythm. And it's really hard to cheat it. We have a routine and it's best to try to stick to it even on the weekends. And what I mean by that is if your body's used to waking up at 6 or 7 a.m., unfortunately, sleeping in a little later is only going to give you that peace of mind and that comfort. It's about what time you're going to bed. Exposing yourself to some sunlight in the morning helps set that circadian rhythm. Having a movement routine knowing your energy balance of how much food is going in compared to your output makes a difference there and feeling rested. Some tactics in making sure you get good quality sleep. So this is where you can take a checklist and some things to be able to go through. So if you eat a big meal prior to going to bed, that will most likely alter your sleep. And you have to weigh that out. You have to say if, if you've under eaten from the day significantly, it probably is important for you to be able to get those calories in. But if you have the option to eat within two or three hours before going to bed, you will not be competing the blood flow and the energy for digestion to get your body into this restful state. When we say rest and digest, our body needs to be in that rested state and it's going to be competing with digestion. If you lay down, that's not the optimal position for your whole digestive system to work. And you'll notice that sometimes you feel bloated. That is going to keep you up and it'll prevent you from getting good quality sleep. So that's the first thing is try to eat two to three hours before going to bed. Again, you might have to time your meals a little bit. There's times where I eat 30 minutes before going to bed still, so it's not always going to be able to control that. But be careful about what you're eating because that will alter your eating. The things that are really clear are temperature, light, and being able to control those variables. So the tools that you can use are Try to get your room that you're sleeping in as dark as possible. There's a lot of research and data on this. That Even a little bit of light in the room is enough to be able to trick your brain into thinking that it's daylight. It can alter things. I wear a sleep mask. I don't feel bad about it or whatever. I've Over the years, I've gotten a more comfortable sleep mask, especially when I travel. It's basically an eye mask, right? Something you just put over your eyes. Yeah, yeah. it's just an eye mask that has like yeah. a little Velcro strap. You can get really comfortable ones on Amazon. 
And I've been using one for years before my wife and I, when we were dating, and I'm just like, yeah, eye mask is going on. It is what it is. That helps create that darkness, cold, dark room. Again, research shows that anywhere from ideally 62 degrees to 68 degrees is getting your body in this cold temperature that you're less likely to be restless. Again, that's why they cryogenically freeze people. This one, you're going to probably battle with your significant other because there's all kinds of preferences with temperature. Some people prefer it to be a little more warm, but I think that you will agree, even if you don't feel comfortable at first, being colder and being able to bundle up is going to get you into a deeper sleep. And when you're warm, you tend to be more restless. So you might get in a battle or some arguments there, but that's a big factor. Another tool that I use that I have been for a long time is mouth tape. It's made a lot more rounds on the internet these days and all these biohackers. But if you're a person that snores or you're a mouth breather, you're not getting quality deep sleep. You're not releasing as much nitric oxide through your nostrils. We were designed to breathe through our nose and you don't need to buy an expensive mouth tape. I see these people selling these and I think that's really silly. Buy some cheap medical tape. My wife is a nurse and so I experimented just by using cheap medical tape. And I'm not talking about taping up my whole mouth. It's just a little teeny strip, not even an inch wide that goes over my lips. So I can still talk through it, but it allows me to breathe better through my nose. If you don't believe me, YouTube it and look at the other 10,000 people that have made videos about it, including medical professionals and doctors. So that one I think is really, really major. Let's talk about the reasons why people don't get good quality rest and good quality sleep. There's a lot on their mind. You're thinking about all the stuff that you have to do tomorrow. Trust me, I've been there. What you can do that is very helpful is a brain dump. When we're tired, we can make a mountain out of a molehill. We can think that the task that we have to do tomorrow, we don't have enough time for. But when we have good energy, we can be a lot more efficient and work right through all those tasks. So at nighttime, if you write down the stuff that you have to do, this is where your morning routine starts the night before, you're able to look at that and say, wait a second, I have enough time to get all the things done that I need to do. So I don't need to dwell on it at nighttime before I go to bed. So that's one way to do a brain dump. You can get a little journal or a scheduler and do that. The other thing is having a curfew to a few things. We talk about the light, trying to avoid that at nighttime. Have a curfew to anything that stimulates you. And that is entertainment, that is stress, that is TV screens, and caffeine. So when it comes to stimulants, a rule of thumb, some people metabolize caffeine differently, is cut caffeine after lunch. So like after noon, know that based on the life of caffeine, that it could keep you up for up to 12 hours. So that means if you have caffeine at noon, you could still feel a little bit of that depending on how you metabolize and digest caffeine. That also goes with your pre-workout. So if you're the person that has two scoops of pre-workout at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. and goes works out, just know that you are spinning your wheels a little bit because you're not getting into a quality deep sleep. So try to stimulate yourself with either less caffeine or know that you're compromising your sleep when it comes to those stimulants. The TV thing, some people feel fine about this. You can wear those dorky glasses or just experiment with trying to read at nighttime before. But I get it. That's the ideal time that people tend to watch shows and stay up. But know that you're trading in the quality of your sleep because your body's not going to release melatonin, a natural hormone in your brain, when you're exposing yourself to all that blue light that you're watching. What advice do you have for people with 
racing mind because sometimes my mind is racing and I'm having thoughts and I'm trying to go to sleep. And what suggestions you have for people with that? Yeah, that's really common. I think that it's one of the most common things, whether you label it a form of anxiety or just a busy mind, you could be type A, is the brain dumping really helps because it allows you to say, oh, I'm going to have enough time to do this and I'm just going to cut off the thinking from this. Looking into reading or doing something that transfers your brain over to a task like reading fiction has been shown to help. Also, you can look at things that will alter your neurotransmitters. Like there's different teas that you can use. There's supplements like GABA. I'm kind of mixed on melatonin. I'll let people go down their own road and you can read some forums if you think melatonin is a form for that. There's a supplement that I've used on and off and I've recommended it to a lot of people. Again, I don't recommend this, but I kind of said that I have suggested it to people in the past. There's something called phenybut or 4-amino-3-phenylbutyric acid. That's in some sleep supplements. It's potent. Be careful. I think that people can become dependent on sleep things. I'm not a fan of any of the real strong pharmaceuticals because I feel like you're not getting quality rest when you look at the research that way. Yoga Nidra, that's one of the things you do. You got a busy mind. Yoga Nidra is a form of a guided meditation that allows you to just do like a body scan. It gets you into a rest phase. So a lot of meditation apps will have meditations for sleep that can distract your mind and kind of land that plane and bring you down. So you can put it on a timer that will go off before you go to bed. Me, something that works really well for me is I will add up my macros of what I've eaten or do a visualization in my head of things that I thought went well that day. It could be a workout that I did or something, but I'll try not to let that take me into thinking about too many problems. I'll let my mornings be in that spot after I've done a meditation. But if you can play a highlight reel of things that went well in your day, sometimes that can make you tired. And this is different because so many people are going to have different factors. But I think give yourself credit that you'll have enough time to do what you need the next day. And setting up your environment to support sleep is really important. I think that if you stress out about it, that can work against you. But instead, Create an environment to land the plane. Light some candlelight, turn off your lights, and give yourself an opportunity, like maybe an hour before you really need to get to sleep, to be able to lay down and go to bed. And I think that if you're excited about what you're doing the next day in the morning, maybe you're more likely to value that. But remember, you should probably overestimate the time that you need to be in bed. The temperature thing, the light thing alone, I think can be a massive game changer for people. One thing I've realized is once I go to bed at a consistent time my body knows when to get up and i don't necessarily like alarms because alarms just like shakes me out of sleep and i'm probably in some sleep cycle what i've noticed is having that consistency of if i'm going to sleep 9 30 every night my body knows to get up let's say five o'clock yeah and i don't need an alarm and it just naturally wakes up and my body feels just natural have you experimented with that without alarm clocks yeah i think we naturally will always do better if we wake up when our body wants to wake up because you could be in the middle of a sleep cycle. Our sleep cycles are 90 minutes. And based on when you fell asleep, you might wake up and be more tired. And here's the easiest way to do it. Go to bed early enough that you don't risk oversleeping. Like you're likely to quote unquote oversleep if you stayed up really late and your body needs that quality of sleep. So the answer is, and it's not fun for a lot of people that are productive at nighttime that you probably have to try to go to bed at like 9.30 or 10. You know, us having an infant 
we have to capitalize on that. It's easy to want to stay up later because now we have a little bit of free time, but it's just a gamble. We're taking away, you know, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like we're taking away from this energy bank and we're going to have to pay for it the next day. I just have such a strong association and I've watched, I've looked at people's hormone levels, like their endocrine system, how it functions when they get good quality sleep. And it's just undeniable that sleep helps reduce stress and can get you more energy. And I think that it's just, it's a game that people play. Like some people are very productive at nighttime. And so you have to play around with that and know where your routine is going to be. So you said nine o'clock, you could maybe adjust that to 11 o'clock. There's data that shows that we have some of the most restorative sleep based on our circadian rhythm in between the hours of 10 and I think 2 a.m. I know that sounds crazy, but like try me on that. And there's shows studies that you can get eight hours of sleep, but if you stay up till I think it's like midnight or 1 a.m. and then you sleep in till eight or nine, you don't feel nearly as rested as if you went to bed at like 9.30 or 10. And some people will adjust to it. Our bodies will adapt and evolve. But I think that's something to think about. Another quote, this might be the final quote I leave you guys with, is you can't pour from an empty cup. Taking care of ourselves is essential for being successful in all aspects of our lives. And when you are not getting good quality sleep, not to stress you out more, you're playing small. You're playing with a low battery and you're not able to produce. And then it's more likely that you're going to have an excuse and say, oh, I don't have the energy to go work out. Oh, I don't have the energy to work on that business plan that I wanted. Oh, I don't have the energy to be thoughtful for my spouse. And I get it. Some people are going to get things done no matter what. Winners win and you'll figure out a way to do it. But you can make winning a lot easier if you're taking care of your health and your fundamentals and sleep happens to be very high on that priority list. I love it. I think a big factor here that people have to take into consideration that your health and well-being, it's so connected to your productivity and you don't have your sleep under control that affects your entire well-being and that affects your life and your productivity. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that we've made the point pretty clear here that and some people have trouble getting good quality sleep because they just dread going to sleep because maybe they're not excited about the next day. So I think evaluating, finding something that you're looking forward to the next day. And I get it. If you're stuck in a work, I don't want to say stuck, but if you're working a job that you don't look forward to, it's probably more fun to stay up and watch some entertaining shows and all that. But if you're looking for a way out and you want to be creative and have more energy, give yourself some quality rest. I think there's this peaceful time. I don't want to say I think. I know there's this peaceful time in the morning before everybody else wakes up. Not everybody has to be a morning person, but there's at least peace and quiet that your brain isn't being attacked by all these notifications and people competing for your attention that allows you to be just more productive and clear-minded. So if anything, try it out. Here's your experiment. Try adjusting your bedtime by a half hour. Don't overcommit. Hours a lot. Go to sleep a half hour earlier. And with that newfound half hour that you hopefully get in the morning, take 10 minutes of it and just look at your day and say, what would the best version of myself do today? Just ask yourself that question, write that down, look at it. Again, only 10 minutes and maybe start out by getting some movement. But jumpstarting your day that way is an easy, actionable, easy, easy thing that you can do that's going to affect your behavior in a positive way. Love it. So that's all we got for you today. I hope this one was helpful. I promise you, if you put some of these things into action, you will improve the quality of your life. 
this one is so, so huge. I know it's boring. It doesn't get enough attention. Maybe it's starting to get more attention. But again, hope that was helpful. We appreciate you. You are the manhood experiment. We're the manhood experiment. And tune in next time. We'll see you soon. Boom. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. <laughs>